Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for tuning in to ALR PRA's Blog Talk Radio. ALR PRA is a national law practice management agency headquartered in Chicago, Illinois, and serving greater Chicago, Los Angeles, New York, and Washington, D.C. The ALR PRA team helps law firm and business patrons spend more time serving their clients by professionally managing production and promotion activities. The ALR PRA production division called Pleading Drafter focuses on law firm, attorney, and staff placement, law practice management audits, billing audits, courier and process services, and finally, the eBay store, through which we sell our law firm clients' gently used office equipment. The ALR PRA promotion division, called Law Publicist, focuses on law firm marketing, branding, and image consulting, as well as traditional public relations functions, including monthly communication services for copywriting for your law firm blog, newsletter, social media, as well as article publishing in your target market. Team ALRPRA uses this radio show to promote relevant law practice management guests. We also offer free monthly social media conference calls with tips and trends. We have a monthly e-zine called The Law Publicist on Point, featuring law practice management articles and resources. We're always looking for great content for our advertisers for the On Point. Today is Thursday, April 15, 2010, and I'm your host, Nick Augustine. Today's guest is credit damage expert George Finder, whose team can actually put a dollar amount on credit damage, uh, damage to credit reputation, that is. And today is uh, part three of our seven-part series. How are you today, George? Terrific. Good to be here. All right. Well, before we begin, I just want to appreciate the opportunity to remind our audience that we broadcast every Thursday afternoon at 3 p.m. Central, which is also 4 p.m. Eastern and 1 p.m. Pacific time. We have a great show for you this afternoon, and we'll open up for callers after 30 minutes. And be sure to email your questions uh, to info, which is info at alrpra.com, or please call in by dialing area code 917-889-9732 and press option 1 to be placed in our caller queue. The telephone number again is area code 917-889-9732 and press option 1 to be placed in the queue. So to pick up from where we uh, left off uh, last month, uh, we were talking with George Finder on some uh, issue spotting for divorce and family law attorneys uh, with respect to credit damage and uh, the procedures for addressing credit damage. Uh, so we're going to pick up from where we left off last time and talk a little bit today um, about litigation um, and other areas, consumer protection, uh, if you will, and some other areas that credit damage often becomes a relevant inquiry and where George Finder uh, and his team can help you. So, George, uh, how are you doing today? What Any uh, news you want to share since we spoke last? Any big developments? Well, in the credit damage arena, I think there's going to be some interesting new cases coming up because of the new credit card laws. Uh, the credit cards are no longer able to... Um, do what they feel like doing when they feel like doing it because there are now statutory limits legislation in place that requires them to make disclosures that they didn't have to make uh, prior to February of this year. Uh, Ooh. Yeah. For instance, one of the changes is that the credit card company now has to tell you that if you only make the minimum payment that they request, every month without making any new t- charges on your account, 
how long it will take you to pay off that account. And I'm finding that a lot of people who are finally told this information after years of requesting it are absolutely furious at what they've been charged. Uh, the, they know they made the charges. They know they have to pay the interest rate. But they had no idea because very few people ever told them. Actually, the only people that told them were the debt settlement companies that if they increased the monthly payment, it wouldn't take as long as 11 years to pay off a $1,000 charge. And at the end of that, uh, those charges, that one charge you made, you would have repaid almost $8,000. Now, most people don't want to spend $8,000 for something that should cost 1000 bucks. Even the government doesn't do that too often. <laughs> so and there's required new required disclosure. So they're they're required to disclose what exactly again? How long it will take you to pay off your credit card if you make the minimum monthly payment every month and no new charges. Now most of us who use credit cards make new charges all the time. So what's happening is people are actually doing more than the minimum payment every month. And that's cutting into the profits of the credit card companies. And so the credit card companies have to look for new ways to make the kind of money they're used to making. And okay. while government cut off one aspect, common traditional aspect of their income, the, the credit card companies have been very, very busy coming up with new ways to get uh, squeeze more money out of the customers. Uh, the... There are benefits definitely to the new credit card act, but it's a long way from really protecting the consumer. And where this comes into credit damage is if the consumer is better informed, it's more likely that they're not going to allow uh, incredible, I would even call it usurious, and I know a lot of people would disagree with me, but very expensive credit card charges to mount up and keep squeezing the, the fun money out of their life. Uh, when you're paying, well, when you used to pay, hopefully you don't do it anymore, but when people were paying uh, the minimum every month just because they figured, well, that's what the credit card company wants, that's what I'm going to give them, what happened was they were paying, as I said a moment ago, almost eight times what they thought they were paying. And all credit card companies have different methods of calculating their interest rates. Uh, and I'm, you know, that's a different show to talk about. But the, now with the new law, the effect has been that there are, there's a significant drop, somewhere in the neighborhood of 30% of reduction of late payments on credit cards because people are finally beginning to realize how expensive it is. Well, when you don't realize it and the, something happens to your credit because someone has caused you to miss payments or there's a, uh, let's call it a personal injury case where the uh, medical bills are not being paid and your credit card were used to live on because you had no income, uh, the expense of that 
is greater than it was before, and so it's more important in a credit damage case, including personal injury cases or divorces, uh, both. Uh, credit damage is credit damage whether it's in a personal injury case or whether it's in a divorce case. If the cardholder is being forced to either lose the credit that they were granted or they are being charged more than they would have been based on their payment habits prior to the injury, it's all credit damage. And if it's not the cardholder's fault, then somebody else should be paying for that damage. That's what I help them do. Huh. So what should someone do with the uh, – let's just ask the uh, the question from – now, of course, uh, let me make the statement that uh, the purpose for our show and this series is to help attorneys issue spot, uh, you know, clients who have uh, credit damage uh, issues that re- then require them to uh, contact a credit damage expert such as yourself to, to look into uh, how they can help their client. But um, how can you give me an idea of how this would work from the, uh, the customer, the client's uh, standpoint after these new required disclosures are there? Um, are they going to look at their statements and then find that uh, there's been some wrong done by the bank and then is this something that we then are looking at a class action lawsuit with a number of people or, uh, you know, how, how will this work in, in, uh, in layman's terms? Well, class actions are very expensive to mount and while I have testified in, in a couple of them, uh, let's focus on individual cases. Uh, okay. There are uh, many more individual cases that result in compensation for damage, I believe, than uh, class action suits. So let's look at some of the the most common and most easily spotted credit problems is the inability to pay bills because of what somebody else did. For instance, let's say you were in an auto accident. It was serious enough that you couldn't go back to work for three, four, five months. All of a sudden, you have no income. If you don't have income, it's very difficult to pay your bills. If you don't pay your bills, you have credit problems. That's as easy as it is to spot a credit-damaged individual. Sometimes it's a little more complicated. For instance, if there's an insurance company responsible for paying the medical bills and they pay the bills late, the creditor, the medical treatment provider, has the legal right to post on the credit report that the person that was treated is the late payment responsible or irresponsible maker. That's not accurate if there's insurance involved, but the technicality is that the uh, treatment service will do that. They'll do that just because it's part of their procedure and the insurance companies don't care. They pay the bills when they, uh, in their own good time, uh, sure. not really paying much attention to the fallout of the late payments. Now, those late payments can cause loss of credit, can cause loss of employment, can cause denial of new credit. And that's the kind of damage that we try to get people compensated for. Okay, so but I, I wanted to offer to your listeners today 
a new um, educational, self-educational tool uh, that I'm going to be publishing, or started publishing, as of the first of this month. And that is a section of my new book, which is called Credit Damage Compensation Success. And uh, this is a 15 pages of case citations that will help the attorney in uh, representing the, de- the plaintiff as to how far they can take the credit damage compensation value. Uh, and that is an area that most lawyers are not familiar with or want to become more familiar with. And that's why we're making this section, which has the legal citations in it, available immediately. Uh, how do they get that? How, how do they qualify? Um, they can contact me at creditdamageexperts at gmail.com. And just on their request and mentioning your show, I will send it to them. All right. That sounds like a good deal. 15 pages of case citations to go through and, and helping the attorney uh, represent their and help, the, help them represent their client and spot some uh, credit damages. Now, what's, now, what happens again? I know that we've been over this before, but um, when someone does think they have a credit damage uh, issue, what should they do? Well, the first thing they should do is check the credit report. They should look at their credit report and see if there are new late payments on their credit report. Uh, they probably will have a notice from their credit card or from their uh, whoever's uh, going to uh, bring it to their attention that the payments haven't been made. But not everybody gets that because, for instance, uh, the mail doesn't always get through. The, there may be a spouse involved who is hiding this information, and there may be all kinds of reasons that they won't see this information just in their daily, monthly statement. Okay, that's why I think it's a real good idea to check your credit report. That way, there's no reason you won't know the information. And having determined that there is that situation, then you know what to do with it. And one of the first things to do is tell, have the client tell the lawyer. And the lawyer should be asking in, in a supportive way, uh, are you having trouble with your bills? Are you able to keep your monthly payments on time? And some people are embarrassed about that. Well, my attitude is don't be embarrassed because it's probably not your fault. And if you don't tell your lawyer, your lawyer won't be able to get you or even think about getting you compensation for that problem. If they don't ask for it, they won't get it. If you help them ask for it, they they have a high probability of getting it. George, let me uh, bring. Let me return to the idea of the new credit card laws and uh, the changes with the required disclosures. Yeah. Going into consumer protection and litigation um, as a frame of reference, what might a case look like that you've had experiences with um, that you would ex- anticipate uh, a similar experience with the changes with these new required disclosures to the credit card companies? Well, one of the benefits of the new law is it used to be uh, allowable for a credit card company to monitor your credit, which they're still allowed to do, and if in monitoring the credit uh, history or credit reports of an individual and they found a delinquency with any other creditor, 
they could invoke what was called the universal default clause, and they could raise their rates to the consumer, even though the consumer was still current with that particular company. That's no longer okay, now, this is the old way or this is the new way? The old way was they could do it. The new way is they cannot do it. Okay. Okay? But that doesn't mean that there won't be interest rate increases. Uh, these are new laws. I would not put a whole lot of confidence in um, what let's call it uh, eager compliance on the part of the credit card companies. They're, they want to keep making the money that they've been making, which is human nature. Uh, and that's why I would check to see what is the status of the payments are. Make sure they're not invoking something that you're not supposed to. And again, if you check your credit report, you people know when they're making payments or they're not making payments. People sure. expect accuracy in the credit report, uh, and everything in a credit report is considered accurate until or unless someone disputes it. So I'm not encouraging people to dispute it, especially if it's accurate. I'm encouraging people to tell their lawyer, hey, here's something that's going on on my credit report that is not right, this is not true, this is not my fault, get me compensated for it. So would it be a complaint or a cause of action just for damage to credit alone? Have you seen that? Is that how it works? So usually it's, there's some other uh, reason for damaging the credit. Uh, credit damage is a form of damage. It is not a cause of action so far. I personally think that's going to change, but as things stand right now, it is not a cause of action. It is strictly a form of damage that should be included in a complete and comprehensive credit damage uh, credit demand or damage demand. Excuse me. So then, when we look at missed credit card, the you know, I'm trying to think of a way. Um, if, if a client comes into an attorney's office and the client presents credit card statements, and there was, you know, some other event, I suppose. The, down, the downstream event that might have triggered uh, the credit card company from boosting the rates may have, might have been, I suppose, a missed payment on something else that was due to a, uh, you know, a medical situation or uh, auto accident or some other uh, articulable event. But um, you know, what happens when there's not an articulable event and the credit card company continues to uh, hike the rates based on other rate hikes um, you know, let's say someone completely. Let's say, let's say my car insurance company erroneously uh, boosts my rate uh, because I missed a payment on the car uh, car insurance or, or something, and that's not due to an event. I mean, what happens in, in that scenario? I mean, have you seen that yet? I, I know that you uh, indicate well, that that's going to be in the future, but what what do we do? You know, um, I think that's too far of a stretch, and you have to remember that there is a practical threshold of litigation. Uh, you know, you don't sue somebody for a stubbed toe. You sue them for significant damage to your body um, because of the, the cost and practicality of litigation. So uh, if there's a violation of the Fair Credit Reporting Act or uh, other legislation that would 
uh, affect the rate being charged to a consumer, well, that's another kind of violation that may or may not be uh, prosecutable. But every case is its own situation. And right, right. And to help consumers and lawyers determine when there's enough damage uh, done to an individual, uh, we have we offer online, no charge, uh, a what we call a credit damage score service. Now, the strangely enough, the URL is creditdamagescore.com, and it's a series of questions. Uh, there's no there's total privacy. There's no identification of any kind to use uh, this service, and its sole purpose is to help lawyers and individuals get a, a feel for do they have a case that's compensable or not. Because if, if there isn't one, let's not take up the court's time. If there is one, well, that's what the courts are there for. Now, if the lawyer finds that there is enough there to make a credit damage inquiry or to the credit port, contact you, and let's say that for hypothetical purposes, um, they are within um, a personal injury. Uh, let's, you know what, let's, let's, call it, let's call it a medical malpractice uh, situation. Um, so we've got a med mal case and the attorney is collecting information from the client and including, uh, you know, the credit, they ordered a credit report because uh, the client indicated that they couldn't pay some of their bills. Now they're worried about their credit. Um, and there's litigation going on. What stage of the game are you getting involved in the litigation? When should they call you? How does that work? Once a client has been identified as having a credit issue, that's the time to, to start to address the issue of how serious is the credit factor in the total uh, damage demand. If on review of the matter it's determined that it's not sufficient, the earlier the better. On the other hand, credit damage is an ongoing damage that often does not unfold or present itself until at least 90 days after the damage has occurred because not all creditors report every incident of lateness as it happens. There, there is a discretionary period that they have, and they are allowed to wait up to 90 days uh, with most company policies, not legislation, though, because there is no law that says that any information must appear in a credit report or that a credit report even exists. The legislation, mm-hmm. are, you, are we still here? Yeah, I'm still here. The legislation deals with the completeness and the accuracy of whatever is being reported about an account. Are you with me? Yes. So the, I believe that the, at the point of intake, the law firm is well served to include in their questioning their their profile, creating the profile for the case, what the status of the credit is at the point of entry or intake. It may be perfect at the point of intake, but one of the questions that I believe that should be included in this is, are you going to be suffering 
uh, in such a way that it will cause missed monthly payments that you would otherwise be able to make. Uh, maybe somebody's only working part-time. Uh, maybe the uh, insurance company has decided to make a payment or only a partial payment regarding a medical bill, and, and the balance billing, which is what it's called, is applied to the client's uh, credit and shows up either as a collection account or uh, just late payments. Both of those are very bad items to appear on a consumer's credit report. So the answer to your question was when at intake is the best time to start considering or addressing the issue of is there a credit damage aspect to this case. And the cases now, that are very often do not have a credit damage aspect. It's the cases where there is loss of income for 75 to 90 days where the credit damage starts to become a very important factor. And okay. important not only in terms of immediate compensation, but these problems are, are going to continue to be reported if they are appropriately reported for up to seven years. And if as a result of the medical claim or the medical injury, I should say, um, there is a bankruptcy or a foreclosure or a lien that's uh, brought into play against the consumer, those items are going to be there for 10 years haunting the consumer who may just be an innocent victim of the medical community's, uh, I'm sorry, the insurance community's uh, policy of paying as they choose to pay. Uh, those are, are very important issues in that having negative information appear in the credit report may cause uh, unemployment uh, for the client uh, and an inability to get new employment because they are no longer an acceptable, uh, the, the credit profile is no longer acceptable to the kind of work that they do. Uh, and background checks are very common in an increasing number of types of employment, and if your background check doesn't clear whatever the company policies are, you're not going to get a job. Yeah, it's serious. It's a serious problem. Let me ask a question about, um, if, I, if I could, let me ask a question about ordering the report. You order the report, let's say, at the beginning of the litigation, the intake when the client comes in, and let's say the client is treating um, with the chiropractor or physician, treating physician for a while, and in the normal course of things, um, you know, the case isn't really usually ripe for settlement, and a demand letter doesn't usually go out until the person is done treating. So does the attorney then go and order another credit report at the end of treatment when they're ready to get uh, to the settlement phase of the case? Is that the, is that the way to go? Yes. Uh, credit okay. reports are only valid for 30 days. After 30 days, they're just a piece of paper. They're no longer considered an accurate report. Now, if you realize that, it becomes more important than ever to monitor your credit on a regular, timely basis. That's especially true if there's a, a reasonable expectation that the credit is going to be further damaged. So one of the questions that defense will always ask is, how do we know this is still here? How do we know this damage is still 
affecting the plaintiff. And the, the, the most reliable response to that is, here it is on the credit report. And this credit report is less than 30 days old. Now, what – I had another question. In the, in the sense of one of the things that we talked about with divorce cases last time was an element of good faith and that one usually should have good credit in the first place to have it damaged so you can attribute and find the damage. But what happens in the event of an auto accident? Let's say someone has marginal credit. And, you know, they, let's say they have a – or let's say they have a, you know, a, six, a 650 score. Let's say really good credit to 750. And uh, just for purposes of this conversation, that 650 is what the, the person had going into it. It's not perfect credit, but it's not bad credit. And they get rear-ended by someone. The insurance company, uh, you know, pays when they want. The, you know, there's all sorts of dings to the credit rating. Um, now we have credit damage, an articulable credit damage situation, um, and the person didn't have perfect credit going in. Uh, are you, do you have a reduced chance of, um, you know, where, where is it less advantageous? How does it be? Why is well, it more difficult, or is it? Well, we're looking at damage. Uh, let's look at physical fitness as a, as a corollary example, okay? If you're a couch potato, it's hard to claim physical damage, not because you didn't have a healthy body, it's because you didn't use it, okay? Well, the same thing is true, in my opinion, with credit. If you had credit, of any amount, then you are a candidate for credit damage, probably. But if your credit, because of reasons that I will call self-inflicted, has uh, little or no room to be damaged, if you're already uh, being turned down uh, prior to the cause of action uh, for credit accounts or you're, you're, you're on the verge of filing bankruptcy, because something happened beyond your control, and that's the only way out. Uh, the, the basic rule is there has to be enough good credit available for it to be damaged. If it's not there, then there's nothing there. There's not enough to claim. And that's why you bring in an expert, because an expert is the individual or the professional who knows what to look for and to give you a, a, a reality check. Now, when that expert comes in, I, I'm now, let's think about from the defense side of the table. Um, you're going to want to refute the expert. Um, you know, what's your experience with that? You know, then you have dueling experts. I mean, when we're talking about personal injury litigation, um, you know, that's you know, often there are dueling experts. You know, as as t especially in soft tissue cases or, or whatnot. So, um, have, what's your experience with that? Experience is that. People have different opinions. That's why they have juries or judges to make those decisions. It, if, if, uh, if, if both parties are acting as neutrals and are using the same information uh, to arrive at different conclusions, you need a judge. Uh, if um, my experience specifically is that Accountants are not credit damage experts. Economists are not credit damage experts. And because they're not credit damage experts, they are not able to deal with issues related to credit as well as a credit damage expert. So mm -hmm. even playing field. Okay? Yeah. 
So, so that's so that has has that happened before, where um, you've been retained as the credit damage expert, and you get into litigation, and you've got an accountant or or someone else who's uh, attacking your credibility. Does that happen? Absolutely. Okay. And and the I'm not I'm going to be gentle and say it's not so much that they're attacking my credibility; they're attacking my opinion, and uh, that's what the game is all about. The, the uh, difference of opinion that needs to be resolved. And when it's resolved, the case is resolved. Uh, if, uh, uh, you know, quite a number of people think that litigation is a lottery, that if uh, you take it to a lawyer and the lawyer takes your perfect case and wins it anyway, that you're going to get a bazillion dollars. Well, almost anybody who's been in litigation knows that's not the way it happens. Uh, there's a lot of work put in by the attorneys, and uh, they very rarely agree. That's why they're on opposite sides of the table. Exactly. Let me. Here's another thing that goes into uh, in some of these cases, and what, what I know a lot of listeners may be asking: How big of a case? should they be looking at when considering whether to hire a credit damage expert because hiring a credit damage expert um, is, you know, is a, is a pretty significant um, uh, decision to make. And I'm, you know, I'm sure with costs involved, they want to, uh, you know, attorneys want to, uh, you know, sometimes now clients are upfronting costs, um, you know, in litigation. That's something we're seeing more and more often. Um, you know what? You know, so what, when's a good time? You know, how big does the case need to be? I guess is the direct question, without getting into actual numbers. Well, I'm going to get into actual numbers. Let me give you some some uh, generalities, okay? Okay, so, okay. Uh, medical or property damage issues cannot be compared to or related to uh, credit issues because a collection account. That, that is $20 is just as damaging to the consumer as the collection account for $2,000. So the amount of the collection is not as punishing or damaging as the fact that there's a collection. That's number one. Number two, the, there are, are many cases where the physical damage is peanuts, uh, you know, a bumper scratch, and it may be inappropriate to bring in credit damage in those cases. So we're looking at cases where there are uh, loss of income, where there is uh, significant uh, medical treatment. Uh, my sense of it is, my experience is that the most significant reason for loss of income is because the injured party can't go back to work. So right. if, if the party... Uh, if the plaintiff had a, uh, a scratch and a uh, that's it, a scratch and a bump, well, they're not going to be late on their payments and they're going to return to work uh, within less than a, um, a week or, or two weeks. Well, then, no, that's not an appropriate case. Serious medical treatment, serious enough to uh, cause loss of income because the the injured party is not able to work, not able to earn money, is the first green flag that a lawyer should be looking for. 
So not able to work. Not able to work. For at least 60 days. And, again, I want to go back to the timing on that. Not being able to work for 60 days means that it's going to take, from the time that you stop making the payments, it's going to take 60 to 90 days beyond that for the damage to show up on your credit report. So should uh, so ongoing then, uh, maybe it's best to order uh, you know a few credit reports during during this period of time because um, you know I suppose then you'd have to get a fresh one uh, you know when you're if you're at the point of settlement or trial um, I suppose that can then show a history I guess right that's not necessary my uh, credit reports are allowed to contain information that goes back seven years so mm-hmm. unless Things have gone uh, beyond the seven-year uh, permissible time period. Uh, one credit report to start, and one credit report at the point of settlement or, or uh, going to court uh, are really the only two that are necessary. Uh, mm-hmm. You don't. There's not an issue. There's often a mistake in that it's an issue of ordering your credit report too often which will affect your score, um, I don't think that's a factor in the kind of situations we're talking about. Okay. Okay? What other, what other thoughts uh, or what other relevant information uh, do you want to share with our, our attorney uh, audience today uh, regarding uh, litigation, personal injury cases, uh, things that they should know or well, anything that we didn't touch on? In, in almost any kind of litigation, I believe that the attorney is motivated to get the highest amount of compensation for their client. And the, the attorney who has addressed the issue of credit damage in their intake procedure is probably the best prepared to determine when a credit damage expert is needed. If there is uh, the perception based on uh, the commentary by the plaintiff that there's going to be credit damage, if, whether it's occurred yet or not, that's the time to bring in an expert because if you're going to go to a mandatory settlement conference, if you're going to have any kind of other negotiation step, you want to go in with the most accurate damage number possible and that would include something from a credit damage expert. Because if you don't have that, then you're not asking, the plaintiff's lawyer is not asking for as much as is appropriate because they wouldn't know what the right number is without having the expert opinion to get the fullest compensation for the client. George, my next question uh, is relevant to logistics and um, knowing that you know, we're broadcasting here in, uh, in Illinois today, you're in California, we have clients uh, and people and listeners nationwide, how does, it, how does it work? I'm assuming that most of the work that you do when you consult with an, a law firm, uh, you can do um, electronically, and I suppose if you do need to appear for uh, a trial, and it's, it's, it's relevant that you can appear in different places, but as far as uh, being uh, qualified, I know a lot of uh, attorneys may ask the question of 
um, you know, is this individual going to be uh, qualified as an expert? What do we need to do to list him as an expert? You know, while they're, I'm just thinking in terms of attorneys doing discovery and uh, disclosing uh, that they have an expert who's going to generate a report. So again, the question is uh, relevant to um, the you know different states and different areas. So you are nationwide. Yes. Uh, okay. I have never been turned down for testimony because of legislated uh, limitations. Okay. And you can work, and you so, and at what point would you meet with uh, the firm or client, or can you do most of the work, um, you know, from your location and their location? I prefer not to meet with the client because I don't want to ever give the defense grounds to say that I coach the client and what to say and how to say it. So ah, I prefer right. all of my communication with the client either through the law firm uh, very specifically or through written. Uh, one of the things that we ask the client to provide so that we know where the client is coming from in terms of their perception of credit damages, we ask the client to give us their personal written uh, statement as to why they think they were credit damaged and how they think they were credit damaged. And it helps the it helps everybody be very clear on what's going on in this case. And I meet less than five percent of the people that I deal with. It's all done by telephone, email, overnight mail, that sort of thing. Okay. Well, it sounds really easy for uh, attorneys then to consult with you. And what's the website again where they can go and get the forms um, for, um, you know, their questionnaire and, and resource information? Credit Damage. Uh, have them go to Credit Damage Associates. So CreditDamageAssociates.com. Right. And everything's right there. Uh, for them, easily. we think easily arranged for um, understanding what we do and how we do it. And my experience is that in a matter of, oh, five or six minutes, the attorney has enough information that they've gained from the visit to uh, use comfortably uh, the service that we're providing. And very All right. often the attorney will copy that information, which we encourage them to do, and share it with their client for a number of reasons. Uh, and that makes it easier for everybody also. Excellent. Good information. George, I look forward to finding out what happens with all the required disclosures with the, you know, the new credit card laws. And uh, I look forward to finding out whether, because uh, I'm sure that there, are, there may be, uh, I, there's got to be an attorney out there who will file a complaint against someone uh, you know, for a uh, cause of action for credit damages. And if that claim gets denied and goes up to an, uh, an appellate court, who knows, maybe we will have a separate credit uh, damages cause of action uh, in one of our courts uh, shortly. So we really appreciate that you keep up with all the uh, 15 pages, you know, the case citations and, um, you know, case activity uh, throughout the country where this is happening. And again, to our listeners, um, if you uh, call uh, George Finder and go to creditdamageassociates.com and get in touch with them and mention that you heard it on the radio program, uh, they'll send you the 15 pages of case citations uh, to add to your arsenal. So that's a really good deal, George. Thank you for that. Just for your listeners, by the way. 
Yes. Okay. <laughs> Listeners only. All right. <laughs> so, um, all right. Well, what what should what should we talk about next time? Uh, we talked a little about divorce the first time, so if people want to go back to that broadcast. Um, that was uh, from the the end of last month, and today we talked a little bit about litigation and uh, personal injury. George, do you have any ideas off the top of your head for next time, or we can always figure that out later? Uh, how about wrongful termination? How about elder? Wrongful elder? Okay, well, all right, so wrongful termination. Well, let's do wrongful termination, and then we'll talk about elder abuse another time. Um, so very good. There are so many different uh, areas in which you could have a credit damage event, so it's very helpful that uh, you've been able to offer some uh, insight into um, procedurally, how our attorney listeners should handle uh, cases where there's a credit damage event. And uh, we thank you again for your time. Uh, do you have anything else you want to add before we uh, end the show today, George? Nope. Just, uh, All right. Yeah. If they call in to get the uh, the citation chapter regarding credit damage measurement, uh, if they mention your name and the show and or the show, we will uh, allow them to have that chapter uh, as a gift because they're listening to your show. All right, very good. And they can get your telephone number on the website, correct? I'll give it to them now, 714-441-0900. One more time. 714-441-0900. All right. Thanks, George, so much. I look forward to uh, our next uh, show. We'll uh, we'll do wrongful termination and then elder abuse. So wrongful termination next time. So that'll be the third Thursday of May. Um, and we also want to let you know that uh, next week, um, next week is April 27th. We'll have Alan Zuckerman from Reach Local, who's going to talk a little bit about search engine marketing. We are going to debug some of the myths and theories. Uh, my own theory is that search engine marketing is in a a little black box and people are throwing money at the wall and Alan says that I'm dead wrong so um, I'm going to let him entertain the opportunity to uh, to prove me wrong. So we're going to do a little good cop, bad cop on search engine marketing next time. So um, tune in for that. Again, I'd like to thank credit damages expert George Finder for uh, uh, the part three of seven series on credit damage expert um, and credit damage issue spotting. And uh, I'd also like to thank all of our listeners for turning into ALR PRA Weekly Law Practice Management Radio. Again, ALR PRA's mission is to help law firms and business patrons spend more time serving their clients by professionally managing production and promotion activities. Our mission's underlying values are transparency, flexibility, and humility. We are a full-service law practice management agency available nationwide when professional quality matters to your production and promotion. Thanks, everyone, thanks everyone again for tuning in, and we look forward to talking with you soon.